0: You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 147 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, your host, and I'm here with our co-host at long last. Dadu Worldwide himself is back from his trips around the world. and He's back. We're so excited. And we're joined today... By our great friend Zach Brady, who's the business development manager for D and B, and so we're just excited that you guys are here. Zach, it's great to have you. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm very excited
1: to be here. I kind of feel like longtime listener, first time caller, kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna treat this just like talk radio. I'm gonna tell you what really grinds my gears. You know,
2: I love it. Well, <laughs> so uh, tell me that. Tell me that title again. That's fancy business
0: development manager. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't even really know what that means. Uh, For those of you who pay attention to social media, you'll know that Zach is now basically in charge of the whole world of D&B. No, but primarily um, serving the house of worship space and helping our friends in churches with PA systems and as well as other things, you know, not just churches, but Zach, you know, you got a big promotion. So now you're kind of a big deal now
1: <laughs> well it's the humility that's really what the, the key is for me is trying to stay humble um you know I, I it's weird because what's awesome about uh working at a company like d&b is kind of there's everybody kind of helps each other it's really just a big team you know it's kind of like a, a crew at a show like there's nobody sitting there like oh that's not my job so uh we kind of all get to help each other so i feel like the titles are A little meaningless but uh because we're all just kind of have the same goal in mind
0: that's cool well like that jay we got to catch up on your uh travels and travails of late because you've been gone like for seven weeks so we've missed you yeah but you've had quite the adventure i woke up one day and said
2: yeah and i said send me lord and there it was seven weeks we're running i'm just kidding um i think i said this on last podcast i was doing some work in europe for like 12 days. And then I just stayed. I saw some family, traveled around with some friends. Uh, there was a bunch of tours over there. And so uh, one of my friends that was out on a tour was ending. His wife happened to be coming over to shoot a wedding. And so we all hung out for a few days. Got to go to a new country. i would never been to Montenegro. I don't know if anyone's ever been there, but beautiful country. Um, that was a new one for me. The normal Italy stuff like uh, sounds bougie, but my normal Italy trip <laughs> I try to do every year and then uh, England for a second and then back home and then to Alaska. I went straight from Europe to Alaska. That is a undesirable amount of travel time.
0: The London, Seattle flight has got to be a bit of a beat down
2: bro. Uh, traded out my linen for a rain jacket. You know, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, a, it was, a, it was quite eventful. It was a beat down. I was tired, but another work thing out there and, uh I have been to Anchorage and Fairbanks a couple times, but I'd never done uh, a cruise event. Uh, and it ports, it docked in a lot of great places. Alaska is awesome. Anchorage, Fairbanks, all that stuff is amazing. It's a little further north, but all the port cities are amazing. I didn't know that Juneau was a capital, and I didn't know you couldn't get there. Like, if someone had asked me, I, I would consider myself pretty well versed in the capitals and s- countries and stuff, but I would have just said Anchorage. But Juno is the capital, and you can't get there by road, only by boat or ship, which is wild. Boat and course, all have this weird culture. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, it could be a little boat or a big ship, uh, as well as a plane. So, <laughs> good uh, clarification uh you you can hang glide in yeah you can hang glide in you can do any of that you just can't drive there uh all ports even around Europe all these ports have cultures uh like what they're known for you know like you go into one town it's like this is a salmon type place uh and so the one place was like uh, crabs and anyways like you go to these restaurants and stuff that have been there for 80 90 100 some of them over 100 years and they just tell stories it's it's cool uh I love it. And I don't love cruising. I know I've said that before, but I spent 20 days on a cruise ship this summer between the two trips, and uh, I'm good without it for a while.
0: Yeah. till til next <laughs> summer. So. Alaska is my one state that I haven't been to. So in order to get all 50, I have to go to Alaska. So maybe next time you can stay home because if you're disdain for cruising, and I'll go in your place, and we can kill two birds with one stone. You won't have to go on a cruise, and I'll get to knock off my 50th state. Okay. I, that sounds great. Uh, but it feels like you're winning and I'm losing.
2: Yeah, there's that's not really a fair trade. <laughs> well, I I will tell you the other thing I didn't quite love about the Alaska one as much. Europe was a brand new ship and the rooms were kind of awesome. They basically brought the uh, balconies into the room. So your room is extended by four feet and your window is floor to ceiling. And the top part of the window comes down to bal- like a balcony rail height. So you get a bigger room. You also have this floor-to-ceiling window at the edge of the ship. So it's kind of nice. Also, that meant we didn't really have to take any production. It was an SD5. Uh, I think I can say this while Zach's here. There was a Meyer rig and uh, (laughs) a massive, literally wall-to-wall LED wall. So we didn't have to bring anything but some little control stuff that we could put in our luggage. The Alaskan ship was ancient, and we shipped an LED wall from Atlanta up there. And we had, oh, an uh, we had to build an LED wall. We had a big, bill LED wall on wheels because we we there's only a couple hundred of us for our men, and the ship has a couple thousand. So every day we would have to strike an LED wall on wheels on a moving ship. So uh, we had to take is an LED one it like
1: you strike, and then the magician comes on or something. So you have like a really a hundred
2: percent like the, yeah. the cruise the cruise director had a filthy comedy segment after one of our uh, faith-based <laughs> fundraising events, and we couldn't get the people out of the room quick enough. It was so good. Um, and then we're, we're over there just bracing uh, the wall to anything we can. It was quite, uh, quite an eventful time. Anyways, blah, blah, blah. My travels are good. Uh, two things I want to tell the people about travel. One, there's an app called Bin, B-E-E-N. Download it. It will never make you feel smaller. I have spent most of my adult life traveling, and I've seen 21% of the world. And wow. it is just wild. You put in countries and states that you've been to, and it shows you how much of North America you've seen and how much of the world you've seen. It's a fun app to just keep a track of your travels, but it'll make you feel small, which just makes me want to travel more. And then number two, don't be the people on a cruise ship that are lining up for pizza at 1 a.m. It's just a bad look. <laughs> That's this
1: all. feels like a confession time or something. <laughs> the only way I know they were there is because I was yeah, there. So I'll just
2: say I'll just say that. The I worst saw them part, from
1: my floor to ceiling window.
2: <laughs> the worst part of humanity, the worst part of humanity is the feeding trough at uh a cruise ship. So
0: <laughs> it was
2: it was not pretty. But uh, that's amazing. Pizza.
0: But hey, you know, where else can you go? Maybe Golden Corral, but you know, on a cruise ship, you got you know, crab legs, pizza, and soft serve ice cream all in one meal. It's just, it's perfect. Right.
1: My my wife and I did the Alaskan cruise for our honeymoon, which was amazing because everybody on it was a senior citizen. So, like, we go to the late dinner, it'd be like, us. And the late show, us. Like, it was, everybody was in bed
2: at like 7.30. <laughs> it was amazing. That's funny. That's awesome. And also, when you're sleeping in in the morning, they're all up and about. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. They, At four a.m., they were doing tournament. like the Pledge yeah. of Allegiance on the dead, New Right, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Amazing.
2: Oh, also the the muster stations, right, don't exist anymore. Do you remember when you used to have to go up, put on the life vest? So what do they do now? You just watch a video on your phone. It's all digital. You literally press play on your phone, and you set your phone down for five minutes and let the video play. And it gives you <laughs> it, it gives you a check mark. And then at dr- some point on the first day, you have to just go get the barcode scanned that you watched it. It's genius.
1: I feel like that's genius in case there is a real emergency. Then Listen, you when there's a real emergency, emergency.
2: no one was going to remember any of that stuff. Yeah. We all, yeah. saw, we all like, saw Titanic. They're just like, save the
1: pizza. Save the pizza.
2: <laughs> we all saw Titanic. <laughs> and judging by, judging by the size of some of these people on the cruise, there was only room for one on the lifeboat. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. There, there are some physics equations I did in my head. It wasn't pretty.
0: We should move on before we get uh, into more of my cruise stories. Zach, we're really glad to have you here today. First, I just want to let you know and let all of our listeners know just how grateful we are for you guys as a partner. You know, a lot of you know that D and B is our exclusive PA provider for all of our events. As well as uh, being the PA that we have in MXU HQ, so we hosted a couple of workshops last week at HQ with Digico, and uh, got to hear a couple of guys who have become really good friends uh, mix their stuff and using Digico consoles in our DMB PA, and it has been awesome. So we're just grateful for you and the team at DMB, and you know we're going to do a specific d&b workshop later this summer so we'll talk about that in a minute but just to have access to tools like soundscape and e- even when we're not using soundscape to just have a pa that performs as well as yours does it's just a pleasure so thank you awesome thank you guys i mean you know it's it's it's
1: awesome to do you know obviously to do events or for us because we have people in front of speakers but um to just kind of let the product get out of the way you know and we don't have to sit there and and talk about how awesome it is and all this stuff it's just like you know to me the best pa is the pa no one ever talks about or thinks about right it just gets out of the way um so you know mxu live events give us a chance to do that no one's necessarily there to talk about a pa but at if you don't think about it it's probably
2: going pretty well that's a good point that's how do i how do i get soundscape in my living room <laughs> well, um, you know, I
1: think the it could be cost prohibitive would be the the term I would use oh, but
2: No, no, no. I was I was looking for a freebie. Yeah. Well, I think cost prohibitive to us. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Just <laughs> I to think clarify. We can afford it. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm good with what I'm paying.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. If you can get get a couple circuits extra circuits pulled, we'll start working on you know i mean anytime the hq is dark in theory if you know you got a big enough truck you could have that pa going
0: in your <laughs> just, <living room. laughs> just go drive it, and it back, back to now. knoxville yeah, yeah that's sure. perfect can't imagine anything uh, wh- possibly going wrong
2: what, what is that new what is that new little front fill thing for for the 44s i just need a couple of those it'll be perfect yeah and a b2 it would be and a b2 yeah <laughs> Just in case I want to rattle my neighbor's teeth.
1: You know, it's funny because that's sort of the thing. Like people, when they find out you work at a, at a loudspeaker manufacturer, they're like, oh, and if they don't know anything about audio, like, oh, you must have like an amazing like sound system in your car. It's like, "No, oh, not really. Oh, you must have a great like home theater. Like, uh, no, not really. You know, it's like, well, do you have anything?
0: You know? Do you, you tell them your car is from the future?
1: Yeah, that's
0: something like that. So for those of you who don't know, Zach drives a DeLorean And he's always trying to get it up to 88 miles an hour.
1: (laughs) Well, you know what's funny is when I bought that car, I mean, obviously I wanted it for so long. And I just, back to the future, all 80s culture, you know, I always think I was born just a smidge late. And um, I just didn't realize it would sort of become my personality. Because people only have so much hard drive space to learn something about you, right? So no one knows anything about me. They're like, oh, that's the guy with the DeLorean. It's like, I didn't want this to become my personality, but somehow, uh, you know, I was born into it somehow. So it is a lot of fun. You cannot be in an antisocial mood and take the car out though, because every gas station is a line of kids. It's kind of renewed my like hope for the future because so many kids know back to the future. Um, I guess their kids have shown or, you know, parents have shown kids. I tried to show my five-year-old son, and then I realized, like, oh, I'm probably used to the TV edit of this. Like, I really don't want you saying some of this stuff That's uh, from the movie. But you know, can't be antisocial when you take the take the DeLorean out because you know everybody's no one's ever really seen it. So I'm not really the owner of the car; I'm more of just like a an ambassador to kind of I'm the steward right now for it.
2: That's awesome. That's how I feel about my humor. It's not really mine to keep. You know, <laughs> my humor is like more of a gift for people. I'm just stewarding the gift that I have. So, Just trying to be a beautiful. I, love I didn't it.
1: know it was going to get this deep on this thing.
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to bless <laughs> everyone. Uh, Zach, to, ma- to, to make another point, when people think that, uh, you know, you're telling what you do and you're like, oh, you must have a great sound system. You must have this. You must have that. People don't. They're very confused by me, including my mother, who thinks I'm a DJ. But uh, <laughs> this past year, I installed... Uh, sound in three different restaurants uh, by basically going to buy Sonos and just installing Sonos everywhere because that was way easier. And uh, then recently, I have put alarm systems in two two friends' businesses because it's just like, oh, wow. you like you know how to plug something into a wall. You you must know how to do this. And I just trying <laughs> yeah. to, trying to explain what I actually do is just harder. So then I'm just like, yeah, man, I'd love to do that. And I just said, I'd love to do that.
1: <laughs> You're like, I don't have any of those
2: books this week. uh, Yeah, I I always do say, "Hey, uh, I—that's not really what I do, but I'd love to help." So, it's uh, funny. Yeah. Anyways, if someone (laughs) needs an alarm or Sonos, I'm your guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you can figure out a way to meld those two things together,
2: well, some of the quotes they'll get for like you know restaurant distribution, like sound stuff, I'm just like, oh my gosh, yeah, you can't be spending that much money, right? Unless you're unless you're Houston's, you know, Houston's has got it dialed. That restaurant has got it. Dialed. it's
1: you know it's crazy that's one thing working at d like i you know i assumed that people that need performance pas clubs churches theaters that that makes sense but like some of the places it's like oh we're doing like little river boats and uh you know things you would never assume would need high quality audio systems but they do and that's kind of the cool part is just being like i never would have thought of this but this is a cool idea
0: and you're yep. here to serve <laughs> yeah, something like that. Regarding PA systems, there's a few things that I would love to chat about today. So, you know, a while back we had a conversation with my good buddy Harold Rubens about, you know, the the PA versus the operator and how much of the onus is on the operator in terms of how it sounds and the perception that everybody has of the PA and how much is on the PA itself. So just from your perspective like as a manufacturer who who should be the one looking at that question who should be the one making those decisions how do you coach people on sort of best practices in terms of evaluating maybe whether it's time for an upgrade or somebody who's looking for something new or maybe it's a new project just how to evaluate you know the the needs in general for for a pa
1: yeah i mean i think It's it's kind of and Harold mentioned this a bit um, in in the conversation. You guys talked about like I think we're we've got the advantage now of having a a network and sort of a tribe and community of of people. So I think you know, first off, sometimes it's kind of like the the guy that's there is like it's like somehow when you start a job somewhere, you instantly lose your credibility. They're like, oh, we need a consultant. Or it's like, well, I work here and I know you know, like I know we need (laughs) to fix this. So I feel like sometimes having someone else you know they hated jesus in his hometown too is the 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 quote right but um it's like when they you need somebody from the outside you need someone to come in who's kind of outside of the the week-to-week drama of pulling off uh, a sunday morning so i think you know if you if you started down that path of like and this doesn't have to be necessarily a consultant but maybe just a fellow maybe just another audio guy in town you know who says hey I hear what you're fighting here and man, I don't know if, I don't know if, I think your PA might be fine. Like I I think you've got some, some issues going on with your console or I think it's something totally unrelated or you know what? Everything that's electronic in here is great. You've got the best of the best, but your acoustics are absolutely terrible. And you're thinking that it's the PA because the PA is your job. So, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing people will will contact us sometimes about a PA system, and it's like, okay, well, are you working with an integrator? Oh, no, we we just know we want this speaker. It's like, well, there's a lot that goes into a PA that has nothing to do with a speaker, um, and my absolute biggest fear is that what I hate seeing people do is sort of band-aiding their way down the road. It's like, well, we can't afford to do this right, so we're going to buy some new subs now, or we're going to buy some, and it's like, okay, that didn't fix the problem. And then five years later, you spent more money, and that didn't fix the problem. So you spent 15 years fighting this PA because you didn't want to spend the money, quote unquote, but you weren't happy the entire time. And you actually ended up spending more money just because you didn't bring someone to the table who knew what you wanted to
0: do. Yeah. And the room might have been the issue the whole time, and nobody was there to even talk about that.
1: Right, right. And so, you know, I think, That question of, okay, when do I actually start to think about should I be replacing what's going on in my room? Is, you know, getting some sort of like peer review of what's going on. Have some other folks check out what's going on. And whether that's an integrator that you trust or just a friend who does audio, who are like, hey, man, you know, I've been in your room. I know that you know how to throw together a decent mix. Help me get there. What's going on? And, and, you know, I feel like maybe it's a bit of a pride thing. Sometimes people are just like, it's easier to you know, throw money at something then try to get to the root of it. Um, but man, don't we have more important things to spend money on than sound systems or or PAs like I I don't know. I think it's sort of a and I that's who feeds my kids and I still think there's things that are more important to spend money on.
0: Yeah. Well, that's really good advice. So, or you could just say, "Hey man, your mix sucks." <laughs> Well, sometimes it is that, you know, sometimes you just need coaching on the, no, seriously, sometimes the operator just needs better coaching and, you know, just some, some tips on how to make things tighter, how to manage low end, how to get the harshness out of the vocals, whatever the case may be. It's like, you know, sometimes it really is just a trusted voice. Like you said, another set of ears, somebody who they can lean on because, you know, you get in your same environment week after week and. You get a little bit of just kind of, it's like a, you know, boiling the frog in a pot. You know, the the water is just getting hotter and hotter and the frog doesn't realize that it's getting worse. It's like sometimes you just dig yourself into a hole that you need somebody else to come in and go, hey, you know, you might want to check this.
2: Well, are, are we allowed to have bad mixing days? I kind of ask myself this question all the time, like, aren't we allowed to have a bad day mixing? Yeah, I think so. Like a lot of us mix in the same room a lot. Yeah.
0: I think there's a difference though, between a bad day. Some of us are in the same
2: room all the time.
0: Yeah. But if you've got a cold, if you've got, you know, if you've got somebody on stage, who's just this week, they're just consistently out of tune, you know, they're having trouble with their instrument or, you know, whatever. I mean, I think there are things that, yeah, it's like, week to week it's not always the most satisfying but if it's a consistent thing if you're getting consistent complaints if if you're always feeling like you're frustrated like that that to me is where it it comes down to really needing help like if i'm sitting behind a desk and i just feel like i can't get the results that are in my head something's wrong right so that's really the yeah. question is how do we how do we push through that and how do we manage Because it could be a season. It could be more than just a bad day. It could be a bad quarter. It could be a bad year. So how do we how do we push through that and you know get beyond it? Because we all have seasons of times where we're frustrated. A hundred percent,
2: Zach. As you're traveling around, out and about, like what are some? Obviously, in regards to PA for you guys, what are some of the things people you feel like everything has a wave, like a trend, you know like Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the things people are asking while you're out and about like
1: you know it's funny when i started at dmb a little over eight years ago now like part of what we were trying to do was just get we had a lot of brand awareness and um, people knew us for the big cool stuff right you can go see muse and coldplay and all that stuff you know um, insert the name dropping sound effect here but you know, you could that was kind of that's great. Um and, and a in a DMB show before we had install products was kind of like uh um an install was kind of like a show with no loadout, right? <laughs> so like we were just <laughs> once we kind of had install products, the the talk the talk became like, okay, now we have an amplifier that doesn't have a touring grade chassis that needs to be dropped off of a truck. It's you know, we used to have all we had was a big giant amplifier. So now we've got smaller products and smaller um offerings that actually fit way more rooms. And what's really cool about that, I think, on the church side is that sort of transition really happened around the same time that multi-site churches really started to take off across the country. So what we have is somebody who's like, hey, I have this big broadcast, quote unquote, room, and I've got a DMB PA in it, and I love it but I'm also building a church in a Kmart or a babies R us or whatever. And how do I translate some kind of something that feels like the same experience? So being able to say, Hey, you know what this, we have a PA that a whole line of products that kind of sound similar to each other. So you could have a similar experience, whether you're in a, you know, a babies R us or a large purpose built building. So as far as trends go, it's funny. Cause I feel like the, the trends for us are, more systems that are smaller than we used to sell a lot of large systems Um, Mm -hmm. but i feel like people are kind of um not building as big of rooms at this point um and maybe that's because it's a lot easier to get somebody to go to church with you when it's 10 minutes down the road as opposed to 40 minutes down the road to go to this big thing so uh, it's funny because it's like we get excited about the big cool new stuff but really the trend for us has been we're going to do more and more rooms but we're going to elevate the quality of all those rooms instead of um, being interested in your biggest, baddest box you have.
2: Because there was a phase there where everything was bigger and better. It was like always let's get the biggest, best oversized PA in a room kind of vibe. Um, Do you still see that or have, people calm down a little bit you know, and <laughs> like, people yeah. calm. down. I mean, look, you've always going to have somebody who's like, I
1: got it. It's got to be dual 14s. It's got to be, you know, there's, there's something that I love that. And, you know, it, there's a couple, that's not the hill to die on for me. I think, um, I think we're still seeing some of that, but at the same time, I think that there's so many other um, elements of production that are kind of required now to make, an event happened that you know used to be what was the biggest expense that anybody had to buy for textile it was the pa and maybe cameras or something but now there's scenic stuff and video stuff so like the pot is getting spread out so we've got to be right. as responsible as we can with each sort of chunk of it
0: yeah the pa used to be king yeah i think um you know you mentioned kmart and babies rs so you know to any Representatives of bankrupt big box retail who might be listening we're not singling those things out, but there is an opportunity Mars Mars music <laughs> <laughs> there is an opportunity in some of these abandoned retail spaces for churches to really leverage the potential of having a great space or at least a big space to to do a satellite campus or you know a church plant or whatever so um The encouraging thing for me in this conversation is that a lot of the, I think a lot of the gains that have happened with PA manufacturing across the board is power and efficiency has gotten so much better that you can get away with not the massive flagship box anymore. So I think for engineers and production directors, I would just encourage people to not be so enamored with the giant line array that you see at Muse or Coldplay and actually, you know, be encouraged that we're in an environment now we, we where we can consider a smaller format, lower profile speaker box and have it perform incredibly well. So, you know, for you guys as a manufacturer, it's great to see lines like the Y series and, you know, even the the A series that are Really, kind of a Dude, the T boxes slam. Yeah, I mean, all, all you guys have always produced great boxes that were that were small and loud, but just for for coverage and for you know power efficiency and all that kind of stuff. Just where where the development has come in terms of technology, um, we're in a place now where there are a lot more choices than there used to be. You know, it used to be you got speakers on sticks, you've got some sort of distributed thing throughout the room, or you've got a line array. Now we've got a lot more options, which should be encouraging to a lot of production directors.
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, that's it's very German. Uh, the Germans are all about efficiency, right? So um, they're, it's kind of like to them, to us, it's a great benefit as people who are using PAs, but to them it's just the way it should be. Like how do mm. we do the the least of, you know, how do we do the most with the smallest? Um, and that's where the neutral voicing thing comes in. Like I was saying, like we sh- these things should sound similar and it gives us as people who are designing systems it gives us sort of flexibility to kind of mix and match between i don't surely you guys have had this experience before where you you work on like you're working on a pa whatever manufacturer you want to say and like you you spend a lot of time tuning the mains or something and then you walk up to this front fill and you're like how do i even get this close to sound like you know it's like you're throwing every filter you can't so like Let's at least have a good starting point, um, so all these things kind of play nice together. Um, Jeff, I was just thinking about you're talking. Jay was talking about T's. I was thinking about the T system that you and I uh, were working through at the church there in South Carolina. Yeah, Um, and you know, just kind of walking, walking back and forth, and and um, list. You know, we had those those front fills, and it was kind of like, well, you know. Really, what are we doing with the front fills? We're trying to get the timing right, but we weren't sitting there just measuring and measuring and measuring to get them to sound like the same thing. It's just, let's get the timing right, and then everything kind of locks in. So to me, it's like, not that you should be lazy, uh, but you should try to have a set of tools that make things uh, easier for you. You know, the Germans have this one. They have like two good jokes, so you're about to hear half of the good ones. Uh, (laughs) And the one, they, they call it QTP. Uh, QTP technology, which you'll never guess what QTP technology, it means quicker to pub. That's the uh, acronym. So <laughs> the idea is you get the show done and you get out as fast as you can. So the same yeah. thing when we come to install, like let's get the PA out of the way. Uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't get into audio to do IT or to do, you know, any of that kind of stuff. I
0: Right. Should be about the music.
1: right. Right. And so how do we get the PA out of the way is kind of always been the idea.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we've, we've all been in scenarios where we um, have been in a church or a conference or a concert, and I won't mention any specific names or brands, but there's a couple of stories in particular where I remember trying to go in and help. And so I'm walking forward in the room, and as I'm as I'm walking more forward and more to the side... I remember an install in particular where it was not D&B. So you've got the mainline array and then a side fill and then a front fill and then another kind of center fill. And I felt like I was not only localizing to each of those when when I focused on it, my brain was localizing to five different sources, but they weren't voiced the same way. And so it sounded like five different things and it was absurd to me that and they were from the same manufacturer so it's like okay how can i be expected to have if i'm in the seam between any of this coverage how as a listener should i be expected to have a pleasant experience when they all sound different like i you know when i'm listening to the singer in the in the side fill it doesn't sound like the singer that's in the mains and then if i'm down front the front fill is so loud and causing me to sort of localize directly to the front lip of the stage that I'm not even paying attention to what's in the mains and you know it, the way our brains work and the way we perceive sound that has to be seamless in order for us to have what feels like a logical experience so the way you guys handle that in terms of the way your products are voiced throughout the lines I think is is a huge a huge deal that I don't know why you know the manufacturer would say yes we pay attention to that but sometimes integrators and yeah you know the trunk slammer installer just doesn't know what they don't know sometimes, and they're they're kind of hamstrung by those differences.
1: Well, it's these guys who are doing Sonos and alarm systems out of their <laughs> jeeps. It's usually what we run into, but. Uh. <laughs>
2: I, I will not attempt an integration.
0: <laughs> you know, but honestly, how many Sonos do I have to put together to, to make it work? Yeah, How many Sonos make a line array?
1: Yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think in a rake out if you can select Sonos. I don't think you can. We'll work <laughs> on that. We'll get the Germans on that. Thank you. But you know, I, I think that it's funny because people will look, I work for a, a loudspeaker manufacturer, but I will still tell you that to me, like picking the integration partner is as big or if not a bigger decision than the gear you pick. Because first off, you want somebody who knows, knows how to,
0: oh. <laughs> so speaking of that, Zach, what questions should I be asking when considering an integrator? And how, just how do you start the conversation? Like what, how can we establish a common vocabulary So that everybody can not only understand the vision, but have the same goals and speak the same language.
2: Like when your executive pastor says, or your pastor, or whoever says, we want the biggest, baddest, the best, but the budget, like, how do we, how do you quantify all that when people come to you? Like what, those are two different terminology, like what we're talking about, what they're talking about is very different.
0: And you may have an integrator who's really concerned about profit margins, and they're they're interested in making as many points as they can on a particular deal or an install. So especially in the church world, there's, there's a conversation where we have to sort of massage a lot of different factors and appease a lot of different personalities. So it can be a challenge.
1: You know, it's funny because sometimes, Jay, you're saying like, you know, the executive pastor wants this or that. I had a, a church that um, is, just got a new PA recently, and they... The reason they've been complaining about their system for years. And the reason that they finally got a new PA was they had a guest speaker and the pastor was there. Like it was the first Sunday in like 12 years he'd ever sat out in the audience and listened to someone speak. Um, and he was like, we can't, I can't understand this guy at all. What is wrong with his microphone? And they're like, this is the problem. <laughs> like the thing we've been talking about, this is it, you know? So I feel it's like funny the some-
2: money shows up when that happens. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, you know, it's like getting them to identify the, the problem, which comes back to our other conversation about like, is it the volunteer? Is it me? And you know, like you're saying, Jeff, you're moving around and, we're expecting we put all this weight on a volunteer or a staff member to mix in this one spot, but they're in a totally different room than the person who's critiquing them. Like this is a, a recipe for disaster. So, um, when you're talking to an integrator, first off, I think if you know, unless your church is like you and and three of your relatives, anything other than that, you should be talking to an integrator because, um, I mean, at the end of the day, the manufacturer. If you call me at seven a.m. on a Sunday morning, I'm probably getting my kids. Ready for church, or we're sleeping in and watching Bluey or something. Like I'm not going to help you now.
2: I have called you at 7 a.m. I was going to say this
1: is a bad. <laughs> this is just a bad example? Because I was thinking, but you didn't call me at seven in the morning. You called me at like five in the morning.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, time. What, what is time? What is time? You you on okay. a Delorean? What is time?
1: <laughs> so okay, let me put this caveat: unless you're Jay. <laughs> no one's answering the phone at a manufacturer. Um, so the integrator they're that first kind of net of support for you on a on a Sunday morning when things just hit the fan. Um, but also, like there's I think there's really questions they should be asking and when they when they show up to talk to you about your new sound system or your room, you should be doing a lot of the talking, not them because you they're they're there to just soak in, hey, what do you do? what do you do with the system now? And, and they're kind of there to be like, Hey, I know that you say you guys just do a choir and piano and stuff right now, but where do you see the community going in the next three or four years? Because a lot of times we don't get many shots at this. We get a PA maybe every 15, 20 years. I mean, this is your time, right? So um, to quote Michael W. Smith. So I don't think that, you know, you, you want to um, you don't want to squander it. And if if they're not, if you're not thinking about what are we doing with the PA now versus the future, I mean, I just hate seeing that thing where it's like, man, we, we designed the PA with this in mind. And then now we have a full band on stage and it just can't keep up at all. Um, yeah. So they should be asking you a lot of questions to me. That's like when I, when I talk to someone and they're like, Oh, we talked to this company. I, I don't get into, Oh, well, I like these guys better than those guys. Look, there's a million great companies that do this. I always just ask, Hey, like, Did you? Did they have a lot of questions for you? Were you able to teach them a lot about what you do? Um, Because yeah, these guys talk to a lot of people, but they are the people translating your needs into actual gear. So I feel like that's your time to be the most honest you can and get as many voices in there as you can. And then once you've asked, they've asked you a lot of questions. You don't have to go in there with a with a list for them. They should have a list for you. If they don't, I'd be talking to somebody else. And If they once you've gotten through that point and they start saying, start talking about gear, man, we're in the day now where everybody and their brother has a prediction software for their for their uh, products. So if they can't show you a prediction of what a PA would do in your specific room, um, that's a problem, right? Because like uh, you know, it's 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 crazy to me that someone would buy a sound system without some kind of prediction. Um, So that's to me like you know, first step. They should be asking you a lot of yeah. questions. What are you doing now? How loud do you want to get at front of house? Uh, and the other thing I tell people all the time is buy the PA for what you're going to do 51 and a half weeks of the year. Don't buy the PA for that one, you know night of worship thing that you do a year that you want extra subs for. Like there's these things called rental houses that would be (laughs) (laughs) happy to help you. Like, you know, don't, I'm not saying you should have to rent something every week, but don't buy, don't shoot for the moon just for that one thing you do get something. that's going to serve you 51 and a half weeks of the year. Great. You know,
0: that's great. Well, and I love, I love the conversation about partnering with somebody who understands your vision. You know, we love all of our integrator partners here at MXU. Um, but Summit in particular, you know their whole motto when they talk to potential clients and existing clients is gear follows vision. In other words, we don't want to make decisions based on a name brand or a catalog or something sexy that you saw at a Beyonce show. We want to provide gear that's going to satisfy your vision for your community from now until 10 years from now. And so how do we... Rally around that, and that's a conversation that happens way beyond the production booth, right? It's the production director, it's the audio person, it's the executive team, it's the senior pastor, and if they're not on the same page, if they're not speaking the same language, then we have to drill down into okay, what are those fundamental non-negotiables? You know, is it is it the quality of speech throughout the room? Is it uh, worship is of high value for us, and so we want our band to sound like we're in an arena every week? Or is it, hey, we want yeah. the intimacy of the message to be immediate and sound like you're you know, right next to somebody when they're talking? So a lot of those things yeah. you know, aren't quantified. They're not, they're not even really put into a common language yet. So you have to establish a common vocabulary and uh, just a common sort of bullseye on the target. So that as we move move forward with a project or a renovation or a new campus or a church plant, that we're all moving toward the same thing. So if you don't have an integrator who can help you with that process first, then you might want to consider somebody else.
1: And and having a a benchmark for them to hit, right? Because I think you know we're, the awesome thing now is with social media and all this stuff for all the pains of it there's also you have unlimited access to what other folks are doing so you know whether it's oh man i really like what i went to the this show and i really like what these guys are doing or i I heard this band i like this experience or i sat in this room and man i really loved how it felt so i feel like giving them some examples kind of helps the person that's helping you design a pa um you know so it's not just the you know, I went to Beyonce, which is also a D&B tour. I will name drop as well. Um, so, <laughs> but that is kind of a totally different thing than what you're doing on a Sunday morning. So I, I think having some benchmarks is helpful.
2: It's good. Well, um, what are some like nightmare scenarios? Like it's probably, I mean, we probably all have them. Like what uh, <laughs> we've all walked into rooms and we're like, what happened here? Um, no names, but like what is one that you've seen recently, or one that y'all have had an opportunity to put something new in and uh what you were taking out was just rough. <laughs> I think it's what
1: the with the nightmare usually- it's usually not that the p a that went in was like absolutely terrible when it started. It's usually that after years and years of abuse, hey, you know what we've got twenty four boxes in here and twelve of them are at full, you know, like the we've lost low frequency here, we've lost and i I think the You know, I was thinking there was a a church that, um, that we did a a demo at and there was a guy in the back, uh, who was like, I think, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I think he was in his nineties and, you know, we've all had the thing where like the elderly person's coming to complain to us. So you just brace yourself, you know, it's like, okay, this is going to be good. Like try to like, try to think I'm like, okay, brush up on my, I love Lucy references and try to be relatable here. But like, what can I say? it's like you know like that they're, they're going to complain well this guy came up and he is basically ends up telling the audio crew that he's been going to church there for 30 something years and he never could understand the pastor and he's like almost in tears like i've never been able to hear the pastor this well um so come to find out he didn't agree with any of his theology and he left no, i'm just kidding um but he, <laughs> he he'd never heard you know he'd never heard him speak before so And it's like, okay, this is such a dumb thing. Like, why would you even? Why wouldn't you say something? Why would you? But it's kind of like we get used to it. We just get used to it being bad. And when you come in, that's one thing that I think COVID kind of helped us with is that folks got to go home and listen to their pristine soundbars or whatever, and like, wow, this sounds really good. And then they get back in the room, um, and it's like, why doesn't this match the experience I had? Has it always been? I heard a couple people say, "Like, has it always been like this?" Like, yeah, mm. it was. You just never left, <laughs> you know. Um, man, that's I, I've seen the I've seen the stuff where half the PA isn't working. Um, you know, I, part of my kind of story is I I started at a church, um, basically right out of school, and I was an audio guy, and I was like super fortunate to work with great people. And my uh, my boss at the time, there was an opportunity for me to go on a tour, and my boss at the time was like super cool and let me tour the whole summer basically, and kept me oh. on. And it was like this is you know I didn't know any like dark secret about him or anything. He was just a really nice guy. Um, but I tell you what, that was the we. I I always joke that we played the, the you know the crappiest clubs in America tour. It was like you know are are all the door hinges on? No, okay, that's our place. You know, um, so like i go into these rooms and it's like okay pink noise pan it left pan it right it sounds totally different you know yeah. so like going into these rooms over and over and being like all these different rooms that they you know the same thing ha- we're talking in the church context but the same thing happens in a club or something right they get a band coming through every day and no one do people just get kind of used to it the crowd changes every day so who somebody complains who cares it'll be somebody else tomorrow um so it's the same kind of problem. It's like we we just get conditioned to stuff that is not working for us, um, and you just need somebody to come in and help you break that. But man, I, I've seen you know amplifiers down. I've seen the I've seen uh, PA's that were at you know twenty four feet in the file, but they actually got flown at you know twenty nine feet. It's like well, no wonder no one can hear anything except the back row. It's like shooting way over, you know, or hey. Uh, we don't we didn't have this uh stadium seating, but we added this it's like, okay, well, did you change the angles on the p a? It's like, well, no, it's like <laughs> okay <laughs> what did you expect it just magically to know, oh, there's more seats there now i'll I'll go higher, you know,
0: well, it's funny, you mentioned earlier the listening that you and I did here in Greenville with uh, one of our church campuses, and we walked in to a scenario where whoever had put the system in didn't really understand the R1 software very well, which is DB's deployment software. And they had identified the speakers that were hanging as the wrong model. And so, you know, the the software thought that the subs were actually five-inch front fills. And so the way the subs were (laughs) the way the amps were processing signal to the subs was completely wrong because somebody had clicked the wrong drop down menu. And identified the subs as the wrong thing, you know. So there are things that are maybe just you know ignorance or being unaware of those tools. Some of it may just be a fat fingered mistake. I remember the first um, iteration of the PA at Passion City Church when it first went in. Spectrum did the install, and one side of the PA, the guy who was up there wiring, just wired a couple of the boxes out of phase. He just it was just an innocent mistake he just, you know, put the, put the, put the wires in the wrong terminal and it was completely inadvertent, but you listen to the PA and it was like, man, something's going on. What's, what's weird about this? And it was just not right, not right, not right. And finally somebody goes, oh, let's double check this. And sure enough, they found the mistake. So, you know, it could be anything from an innocent, innocent mistake to blown drivers over time that nobody knows about or anything in between, you know, so having cabling sometimes like generic cabling is like, bulk order cabling is just wrong you know yeah somebody who can pay attention to those things are really important
1: (laughs) that makes sense i mean i think i blocked that out jeff about the 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 amplifier thought that they were like e8s or something and it was subs i remember seeing that now and being very dismayed i i had a, a a venue one time that they called and said hey you know the pa just doesn't sound like it used to and it was v's and they had them set to E fours, which are four inch drivers. So Not that's same. like a four watt cabinet. Yeah, it just wasn't quite the same body. And they'd been through an they had been through an audio guy. So I, I don't know what happened there, but you know, it's it, I mean, it can happen to any of us, right? Like you just said that that thing happened at, at Pat. Like obviously, people who know what they're doing, yeah, uh, it can still happen. So I, I, I mean, and that's most when you're when I'm commissioning a sound system, I would say. of the time is me taking measurements. The rest of it is just checking everything, Mm -hmm. all the cables, uh, polarity. Oh, man, is this where we thought it was in the file? Like, it's just verifying because over the course of a job, man, things are happening and moving and changing.
0: And Yeah, sometimes it's as simple as, is this actually hung where the drawing says it was hung? You know, because if it's off by eight feet or if it's off by, you know, off center or front to back or height is different i mean you can make make major changes in the way sound is perceived
1: yeah and and not to to change the subject but that's why i'm really excited about the workshop that we're going to do uh at mxu hq here in a couple weeks i think it's august 24th because we're going to do a bunch of stuff that we call like basic electroacoustics demystifying audio these are things that are kind of like how sound systems work and they're totally what i would call product agnostic so yeah the guys in the dmb shirts are talking about it but look if you've got a rinkus heinz pa or something that's you know uh amazon dot prime whatever like just come and and let's talk about how pas work and let's talk about the basics because these are things that apply to anything and to me even if you're not designing sound systems every day man if you have some of this stuff and look there's some guys that are amazing mix engineers that couldn't tell you how to time a sub and a top together for if it saved their life so like it's a different skill set but um <laughs> Jay's raising his hands on the screen uh it's a different skill set but man it's it's tools that we can have under our belt that set us up to at least know What I'm hearing is the PA, or what I'm hearing is the band, or what I'm hearing is me. Um, And man, like let's let's get let's get into that stuff. So at least you know if if you have a DMB PA or not, I don't care. I just I just want to make sure that people know. Hey, this is how I identify what's going on with the PA. Or maybe it's as simple as my church has a portable PA and I set it up for camps and events and stuff. And you know, come to find out, if I move my subs a little closer to the center instead of 80 feet away, I wouldn't be getting interference every three feet, you know, like little things like that.
0: That's good. Well, I love, I love that you guys are committed to some of those basic principles, not just trying to sell a product, not just trying to showcase D&B, but to really help people get better and to, you know, just up the ante on their skill. So again, that's August 24th. So go to getmxu.com slash events to sign up. And we would love to have you at MXU HQ. You mentioned the guys in DNB shirts. Um I am in need of a new D&B shirt. So if you could bring me one to the <laughs> event, I would really appreciate you know, it.
1: You, you know, I, I'll try to find an extra medium for you, but I um I, I, <laughs> I showed up uh I showed up to see to see some of our friends uh uh Webster and Corey out on the elevation tour. We were in your backyard uh in Greenville yep. a couple last week. And you know, I showed up. I did the typical thing where, like, I sneak in with my. I go, you know, they let me in, and I, I go in with my bag of swag. And like, I brought two T-shirts, and like eight audio guys were there. And it was <laughs> like, well, I'd get to tick off six audio guys now. Like, would you like a bag that says DMB on it? So we're trying to get better at that
2: swag thing. <laughs> well, well, the barbecue set stuff last year was awesome. Yes. That's, that's true. true. See, now that you mentioned that,
1: people are going to ask me about it.
2: <laughs> the barbecue tools. <laughs> it was, were it was a limited run.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. before we leave this topic, yeah, though, I think that's the Let's, funny thing let's is- talk about Corey real quick because you were there. You know, it's you and Webster and a bunch of other audio guys, and then you've got Corey who looks like he just walked out of an ad for moisturizer. Like, how do you even show up in a show it- when Corey's mixing?
1: It is funny because you know uh, production people in general have kind of like a look, and and I don't really know Corey that well. We've just talked a few times, but I, he just doesn't look like he belongs. He's just too good looking. Like it's like, oh, this must be the management, or this must be the singer's boyfriend, or something right, like, like
2: He's wearing like hipster hipster jeans and a white t shirt. Now his white t shirts do match his gloves, so that's helpful.
1: <laughs> oh, and he has. Uh, he, they all had um, confetti. Uh, drapes to throw over their consoles for the confetti hit in one song so at one point he had the white shirt i don't know what color his shirt was actually but he had a white drape over like as a hood which is pretty cool um but <laughs> that's you know amazing. that that's such a fun one because they you know a lot of times when you're working for the manufacturer you go visit a customer or something and you kind of have to put on your <laughs> put on a brave face like man this uh, great job guys this is you know you're sitting there thinking man i never would have put the subs there what are you thinking you know yeah. but like something like that But then you go show up like something like that, where like Webster's just an amazing system engineer. The system is deployed incredibly every seat we're walking. You know, we're doing the grumpy sound guy walk with our arms crossed and listening to every seat in the house. And man, it just sounded so good. And it's just so cool to see like speakers are nothing except for what people do with them. Right. Like we can sit there and listen. That's a great way to say that. Yeah. I mean, it's just a tool. Like who cares? Like we can sit there and listen to pink noise all day, but like, Man, just seeing people just like be so engaged and feeling it right here, Um, and you know, it's like that's the fun part of the job is, or you know, just getting to see what people are doing with the PA and how that's helping them do what they do.
0: Well, Webster and Corey do such a great job, and we give we give Corey a bunch of crap, but we love him, and he's going to (laughs) be he's going to be at our MXU live event in September, and you are too. Uh, because D&B is obviously providing all of our PA. So we're going to be in three different rooms. Uh, Jay and I were there yesterday for a site visit. and so It's not really a site visit for me
2: because it's where my church is. I was going to say, okay, Jay's there sorry. every week.
0: <laughs> well, Jay have been was gone showing... for eight months or whatever. That's right. Jay was graciously <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, showing us around the house. Yeah, but I was
2: walking around the building, and people like, oh, he's back. And then people see Sandstrom, and they will literally stop what they're doing to come see Sandstrom. But like, I, I've been gone for seven weeks. they so like, oh, he's back. Here we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, anyway, we're going to be in three different rooms with three different PA deployments. So it's going to be a great opportunity for us to kind of showcase D&B and some of the D&B folks as well. So we're really excited about that. So what are you excited about, about the event?
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of that exact thing. Like, uh, that's the the problem. All still a bit of a problem is people know us for the big, cool stuff. You know, we. I mean, look, I was so thrilled to get to do the XSL launch with MXU because, to me, it just said uh, it it was. It's the first time we've ever done a product launch in cooperation with something like that, and um, to me, I hope that people heard, hey these guys are behind us, you know? Um, and lots of everybody and their brother says they support the house of worship community. So it's kind of like, you know, you got to kind of put your money where your mouth is and, um, you know, people value community and education in the house of worship space. And so that's all I want to do. I want to help do things that build community and help, you know, educate people. So the, the live event in September, man, that's like the, the mix of both. That's where they both perfectly meet, um, helping people build community, also getting them in front of uh, some products. And, you know, I'm just, I, you know, to me, it's like, it seems like no matter what at these things, there's always what I think it's going to be. And then there's always like a, a moment kind of like right after, or maybe just going through the Chick fil A line or something. It's always the dumb moments that you're like, you end up with a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many folks over the years in this tribe that I've I've grown to be friends with in those kind of moments. So, man, I'm looking forward just to to spend some time, kind of just being. Yeah, you know, there's just something about it, just being in person with other people who do production like you. And look, I mix at my church whenever uh, Ryan, our audio guy, lets me. So I'm I'm kind of like the fill in, like backup emergency guy, but um, I still feel like a production guy. So I just love. Uh, being around guys and girls that that do that.
2: Love it. Well, we can't wait. That's amazing. It's going to be a great time. I uh, am hoping that nick and ryan lewis are coming is that possible do you think you make that happen because i think i could sell tickets to a, like a celebrity death match after
1: <laughs> you know i know ryan lewis will be there i i, I don't know about nick you know uh man i'd not to to name drop ryan real quick but man he's just uh having his experience you know, he was out on the road for so long
2: with so many yeah, we we great, toured together many times yeah
1: and he, 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 you know, he, he just knows the stuff, but he's also, look, this is the biggest challenge for somebody who works for an audio company is how do you find somebody who knows the gear yet you would ever put in front of a person to talk? Cause there's lots of great people who know the <laughs> gear, but you're like, if you put this guy in front of a, in front of a pastor, we've lost the gig, you know? So yeah. Ryan is like the perfect combination of, he's great with people and he also doesn't have to fake it till he makes it. He knows his stuff. Yeah, true. Um, That's great. So he will be there, Nick. I can't say anything positive about him because his head is
2: big enough. Um, <laughs> I, so I, I just, <laughs> I just think that Ryan Lewis would win in a celebrity death match against Nick because Ryan is quiet and calculated, and Nick will tell he you is. his next move. You'll see. Yeah, you'll see it in Nick his face. Would,
1: he would get excited about his move and tell you. Whereas, Crit or Ryan i don't even want to bring chris into this ryan would be uh would be like the kind of the um, what's 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 a small nimble wiry creature mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know what
2: the a gecko <laughs> not really uh anyways cool well I'll, my money's on ryan lewis y'all heard it here first that's awesome
1: yeah that'll be after hours on the on the dock at passion <laughs>
2: that's right It's going to be a great time. I hope that if you guys haven't bought your tickets at home, that you're looking into it, talking to the people you need to talk to. Man, we want you there. Uh, We've got a fun announcement this week about who – actually, probably by the time this podcast out, it will already be out. So uh, we're excited to have Pat Barrett doing worship. That's going to be awesome. If you haven't uh, heard any of Pat's music, he is a singer-songwriter, worship leader that's got a great heart, uh, happens to be my old roommate. Uh, so that, so I'm sure we'll share a few funny stories. We should get him to pop in on a podcast before September. We definitely should share a few, f- few jokes and such. But um, he's the author of many great hymns for the church. A lot of, lot of good, good songs. Amen. Um, the other um, fun part is going to be. I think that you guys are going to really enjoy our space and some of the stuff we have up our sleeve to just host everyone and, and build community. I think that is the uh, one of the biggest things for us is just getting everyone talking and meeting and connecting, and it's going to be wonderful. So go get your ticket, yes, figure it out. And then i got a great recommendation for restaurants and coffee shops and other things around Atlanta on the website. So have a look at that and make you some plans.
0: Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So if you haven't signed up yet, you need to go to getmxu.com slash live, and you'll have find all the details and ticket information We cannot wait to see you there. It's only about, gosh, six weeks away, and it's snuck up on us fast, but we are continuing to get ready and preparing a few surprises for you, too. So we're excited. Zach, thank you so much for being here today. I love the conversation. I love your heart for the church. You know, it's way more than just hearing from a manufacturer. You know, we get to hear from somebody who mixes in their own church and cares about how the message gets to the people and you know, no matter what your community, no matter what your PA, no matter what your um, deployment, you know, your heart is that everybody can help it be the best experience possible. So we're grateful for that and grateful for DNB and and all of you guys. So can't wait to see you in a few weeks. Yeah, it'll be fun. See you soon. All right, guys, take care.